Real Presence Live. To be patient to share Christ, but to be urgent, you know, just take advantage of that opportunity, that open door, that little bit of trust. Local. When we're truly and fully alive as Catholic, we have hearts that are actually that desire the good of the civil order. Engaging. But I have to start the day off by saying, you know, Father God, I offer myself to you to do with me as you wish. Live. There is a human longing for beautiful things and traditions. And if these aren't found in the church, people will seek them elsewhere. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. We are so grateful that you've joined us this morning. I am one of your co-hosts this morning. I'm Brad Gray. And I am blessed and fortunate to be joined, as usual, by Janine Bitson. Good morning to you, Janine. Good morning, Brad. It is great to be here today. It is. It is. What a blessing to start the day off. Uh, speaking about the things of God, so that's that's a good deal. It, it's all that matters, and really, I mean, in mm-hmm. totality, that's all that matters. And uh, more important than speaking about the things of God is speaking to our Lord God. So let's, right. let's start things off with... Um, placing ourselves in the Lord's presence. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you are so good to us. You love us into being, and you hold us in being by your love every moment of our lives. You fill us and shower us with your grace and your blessings, with your mercy. You invite us, even us, to be members of the kingdom of your Son, Jesus, to be sons and daughters of you, our, our loving God. We ask, Father, that you send your Holy Spirit upon us, that you inflame our hearts Open our minds to your will, to your voice. Help us to respond. Give us courageous spirits to meet all that will oppose us, oppose you and your desire for our lives and for this world that you have created. We ask this all with boldness in the words that your son Jesus taught us as we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll praise God. And we are also blessed, fortunate, and overjoyed to be guided faithfully by Eli on the other side of the glass. Good morning, Eli. Good morning, Brad. I think I need some theme music. You do need theme music. What would that be? <laughs> some Probably some sort of like fanfare with lots of trumpets. And, uh, I was like, thinking like the Batman theme or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe something like that, too. I don't, I'll have to talk to Brandon about that one. That sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, what's coming up this morning here, Eli? All righty. So we've got a lot coming up on this morning's show. Social media, screen time, predators, pornography, Cyberbullying, anxiety, and depression can all be a concern for families. Although many kids use technology well, Chris McKenna wants to make sure families are prepared for the good and bad of technology. And a different battle is raging in every corner of our culture. The number of divorces, the number of fatherless children, and the prison population all continue to rise. Something has to change. Here, how Mission Blueprint is on the front lines, battling to improve the culture. And all youth face difficulties, whether instances of traumatic loss or just everyday disappointments. The ability to bounce back after a setback is important to their success. Paula Condal, executive director for the Dakota Children's Advocacy Center, will teach us more about the building of about building the skill of resilience. That and a whole lot more coming up this morning on Real Presence Live. That sounds excellent. Thanks, Eli. You're welcome. Well, it's been, uh, you know, the last couple of days have been more of the same for us in this region with more shoveling. And, uh, you know, Gene, you and I were both talking about, uh, about our sore backs, <laughs> injuring <laughs> well, ourselves. Thank goodness Shove- for good medication, yeah. right? <laughs> 
So, you know, in the midst of this deep freeze, we get to bask in the glow of God's love and uh, warmth for us. So Absolutely. And another, what, six to 14 inches on the way. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, for Fargo, uh, Grand Forks anyway. So, uh, we'll, we'll wait for Eli to give us that Yeah, that's right. Out. We don't want to... There's a, there's a, 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 not a spoiler, but uh, a teaser. That's what we got is a teaser. Right, Eli? Right, a teaser for my 10 o'clock weather. Can't yeah, wait. There Can't you wait. Go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we are excited this morning to start things off uh, speaking with Chris McKenna of Protect Young Eyes. Good morning to you, Chris. Good morning, Brad and Janine. Happy to be with you this morning. And I want to say, Eli, I think all of life would be better if everywhere you went there was a theme song. I'm just throwing that out there. So. Yeah, I think everyone should have a theme song. You're, absolutely. You're absolutely right about that. He does that. such an awesome job back there. We're so grateful. Well, Chris, uh, it seems fitting that your organization is called Protect Young Eyes because as we begin, uh, we'll talk about the battle that rages when it comes to technology and our children. That's right. And so Protect Young Eyes, we're a pro-technology organization, Brad. So I just want to put that out there mm. because I think it's very easy for us as parents to buy into the voice of fear that would say bubble wrap and keep away Mm -hmm. and shield and censor. And of course there are parts of the internet, which that is absolutely the appropriate thing to do. But we're also very much in favor of teaching our young people how to learn, how to cook well, how to honor God with every click. And that's a statement that we use in teaching young people how to use technology well, because it is impossible. Think of how many times in just pulling off this radio broadcast you have interacted with technology already today. And so I think it's very important for all of us, whether we are parents or grandparents or teachers or spiritual advisors, whoever we are, that we embrace technology as a reality and take it upon ourselves to stay informed and stay educated and stay involved so that we can learn how kids are using it and guide them into how to use it well. And that's really the main emphasis of ours at Protect Young Eyes as we work with um, schools and parishes to further some of these strategies. That's so awesome, Chris. I know as a mom of four and and now a grandma of six, I mean, I see how technology is just so part of their lives. I mean, not like when I was a child. And and it is, even for myself, it's really fun to have that social media time and and so forth. But like in anything, you know, uh, dynamite was invented for good, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, medications were invented for good, and then how they get you know, just kind of defiled and invaded with um, a bad side. So it's so awesome you're doing this and helping to train not only parents, but young kids how to use this in a positive way for good. Yeah, Janine, you hit on a really important point there, that tug between good and not good. Um, Mm -hmm. And we use John 10.10 as a way to illustrate this for kids, that everything that the Lord has provided for us that can do great good in this world also has a way that can can corrupt and destroy if we use it incorrectly, even sports and activities that kids enjoy. And I'll walk young people through what are your favorite activities and they'll tell me dance and play a country, part of the country they're in, you know, horseback riding or skiing or whatever it is. And we go through fun ways in which those activities can be enjoyed, but also ways that if we're not careful, those activities can do us great harm. And the same is true with technology. And the Lord lays this out when he says that the thief comes, the enemy comes to rob, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you would have life and have it in its fullest. And I think, for me, when I read that, it, it points 
to this very clear tug and choice that we have as humans to embrace the created things that God has given us and use them for good and light and positivity. But at the same time, we have a choice, and technology, unfortunately, presents that choice every moment of every day if we're not careful and watching. And so it's just helping kids embrace that responsibility so that they choose well in the midst of some of that temptation that's present. Chris, you uh, you use the phrase digital citizenship. You, you train people in what you call di- digital citizenship. What does that mean exactly? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, citizens being a, you know, a productive and, um, uh, I guess, contributing member of a, of a society, and you put the digital in front of it in terms of an adjective. So what does it look like to be a positive, productive member in the digital space, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's teaching kids how to understand the power of their words, because spoken words, it's much easier for me to see the impact of my words on you, and I can see your facial expressions, Brad, and understand how my words are impacting you, but do kids translate the power of the words into the digital realm when I can't see you, and I'm maybe more tempted to say things with my thumbs that I would never say with my tongue, mm-hmm. because that was, that's what technology does, and so it's just, it's helping them translate things that they know into what that means for them in the digital space, things like permanence, right? There's no such thing as privacy, and would I be proud of my social media activity today if I were to show it to my kids 10 years from now, because it's probably still going to be there. If the internet's like a Sharpie that never quite goes away, so we use very tangible, real-world images of things, you know, and connect those to digital behavior so that they make connections and go, oh, yeah, right, I'm when I put a Sharpie on that whiteboard, when I thought I could erase it and I can't, it mm. doesn't go away. That's just like a comment in Instagram or even though Snapchat says it disappears. What does that really mean when things are bouncing around in you know, hyper, uh, cyberspace, right? And it's just, that's, so it, it's all about how do those behaviors in the digital world translate into you know, me and my reputation and my future as a person that's a long-winded way of describing what we mean by digital citizenship, but I hope some of that context is helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that is so awesome because you know even when you look at scripturally, you know uh, even in James chapter three, and it talks about taming the tongue, and and there's this this problem with it being so anonymous out there, like. It's not a face-to-face conversation where you have this check valve on seeing the emotions of the person. You know, it, it's it's so important that they just don't go off. And whether it's in your words face-to-face or, like you say, in that permanent blueprint that's going to be with them forever. It's great that you brought up James 3. We use that one because James is so very clear. I often joke with the kids that if... This word James texting the scripture to us that would be in all caps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very, clear, very clear what he's saying. And there's no clear, well, there, there is a little bit of a hyperbole, but when James talks about, you know, the tongue will be like a spark, that spark is behind a forest fire. Yeah. You look at how things go viral. I mean, what a perfect illustration for one comment creating a forest fire of digital activity that. You know, once it's out there, there's no getting it back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and I, so much great, harm. I'm sorry to interrupt you. And so much harm. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Covington kids and just in just that little spark, uh, you know, and uh, what happened yeah. to them. My heart just broke. And, I, you know, I've taken 
kids from high school in Shanley out to DC and I just I felt like those were my own kids and I just prayed and prayed that it wasn't true and I was just you know feel my heart goes out to them but I'm so proud of how they handled that whole situation but how that could just yeah that's right yeah we are speaking right now with Chris McKenna. This is Real Presence Live. Um, this is Brad Gray and Janine Bitson, your hosts. Say, Chris, um, there are lots of kids that are using technology well, but do dangers still exist even for them? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think even uh, especially for good, God-fearing you know, Christian Catholic parents, it's so easy to fall into the trap of believing that my good kid would never do that. And I've worked with so many families. It's not bad kids who I counsel. Mm. It's good kids who made one bad click. And that's the thing with technology. It's agnostic. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't only send temptation towards bad kids. Mm -hmm. The only requirement to feel tempted by something online is, are you a human? If you answer that question, yes, then regardless of whether you're good or bad or whatever your point of view is, religious or not, you're going to feel temptation because eventually the Internet gives you exactly what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Whatever you struggle with, whether you are 14 or 40, whether you have identity questions or you're confident or you struggle with eating, whatever it is, eventually the Internet is going to give you exactly what you're looking for. And it creates this sort of near presence of temptation of sin that is something we just have to help our children understand and be involved enough to recognize when it's something more than they can handle. And that's our call to parents, is to be involved and to be engaged and to look your kids in the eye, because we have a very persistent voice named Dr. Google, and his office hours are 24-7. <laughs> yeah. If we parent our children in the same way we were probably model parenting, which is a few conversations here and there about awkward things, we'll lose. We have to look our kids in the eye and talk to them persistently and consistently about all of the awkward things that nobody ever talked to us about, because if we don't, then Dr. Google will. Yes. Yeah. And his, ethic, his ethic is based on math and algorithm and not morality, mm -hmm. and that's a big a call to action for the parents that we speak to all around the country. Hmm. Well said, yeah. Yeah, for sure, Chris. Now, you're going to be presenting the Digital Culture of Kids Today, uh, a parent seminar. What can parents expect when they come out for this on Wednesday? Yeah, boy, Lord willing that the ice doesn't ground me in Grand Rapids. Oh, yeah. Mm. alerts yesterday from Delta saying, good luck getting through Minneapolis. Oh, dear. So, pray pray that the, the flight gets me there. But yes, we, in our presentation to parents, go through nine digital realities and then nine practical strategies. So whether your child is 4, 14, or whatever age, these are realities that are present if you use technology. And then we will give very practical how-to, like do these things in the next 24 hours sort of steps, that regardless of your technical aptitude, that you'll be able to do these things we pride ourselves on being a very practical, you know, I can do it sort of organization with parents. Um, and, and so that's what they'll hear. And they'll walk out of there a little overwhelmed, but we hope that translates into some very actionable things that parents can, you know, grandparents, you know, whatever caring adult um, you happen to be that you can do with the young people in your life um, from that presentation. So. 
So providing that the technology of flying machines uh, works properly, you'll be, uh, you'll be speaking then tomorrow at, from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., is that right? Yes, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. I'm pulling up the exact location here just to make it's sure a, I know. I believe it's a science auditorium on the campus of the College right. of St. Scholastica. It so, was the auditorium. I couldn't remember exactly, yep. but you've nailed it right there, Brad. So thank you. That's right. Now, you have, a, you have a specific age range in mind for this, right? That there's, there's a certain age where it's not appropriate for parents um, bringing their kids to this presentation. Yeah, we often say it's a PG-13 conversation, right? And so um, upper middle school would be fine. I've had kids in upper elementary for parents who have been very proactive with conversations. It's a, you know, it just depends on what you've told your kids, but it's more of a PG-13 or 14 conversation. It's often a good conversation starter for parents um, whose kids are going to hear some things in the car right on the way home and go, yeah, yeah yep, that's real. So, yep, bring, bring some of them along. That's great. Excellent. All right. Well, we certainly hope that uh, that the uh, airfare or the the airplanes do their duty there and get you get you there, Chris. And that's going to be tomorrow, God willing, uh, from six thirty to eight thirty p.m. at the Science Auditorium on the campus of the College of Saint Scholastica. I want to thank you, Chris, for what you're doing. It's so important. It's I mean, as a parent, it's it's such a confusing time to raise kids, and uh, this is what you're doing is is critical. Yeah, thank you both very much. And for any parents who are listening, please visit us at protectyoungeyes.com anytime. The flight's there. Mm, thank you so much, Chris. All right. Well, it's time for our first break of the morning, but stay with us because it's time to get your questions ready for our Straight Talk call-in segment. Monsignor Gregory Slusselman is standing by as we begin at 930. And later, calling all men, it's time to discover what it actually means to be a man. I mean, if someone asked you right now, would you be able to answer? We'll arm you. All this and much more when Real Presence Live continues. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Programming on Real Presence Radio was brought to you in part by Bishop Ryan Catholic School in Minot. Every parent wants the best for their children, and as Catholics, we understand that this means doing everything we can to help our children know, love, and serve God with their lives. Education should be about more than finding a career. It should help one find their vocation. While focusing on math, science, language arts, and social studies, a complete education needs to include the truths of the faith as well. Education should guide children down the right path, providing them the grace of the sacraments and surrounding them in a culture that values virtue. I'm Father Jaden Nelson, president of Bishop Ryan Catholic School, and we provide an education in which our children are taught to have inspired minds, faithful hearts, and lives of virtue. Like you, we want the best for your children. For more information about the beautiful things happening here at Bishop Ryan, visit bishopryan.com. Don't pass up your opportunity to be a part of the Bishop Ryan family. This year, your officials are making big decisions that will shape the future of life and dignity in Minnesota. Together, we can make sure Catholic voices count at the Capitol. This is Rachel Herbeck of the Minnesota Catholic Conference. On February 19th, join Minnesota Catholics at the Capitol in St. Paul. Register today for this amazing day of prayer, inspiration, education, and advocacy to hear from speakers including Jim Caviezel from The Passion of the Christ. Get tickets and busing details at catholicsatthecapitol.org. Don't miss this incredible opportunity. It's going to be amazing. 
Get ready for Bible Boot Camp, the 10th annual Know Your Faith competition. Join host Father Craig Hochalter and Father Kyle Metzger Wednesday, February 6th, beginning at 11 a.m. Central, as five Catholic schools from across North Dakota and Minnesota battle to see who knows their faith best. It's the Know Your Faith competition Wednesday, February 6th, sponsored in part by Lunseth Plumbing and Heating, Therapy Solutions, Professional Computer Services, Production Service Agronomy, Napoleon Livestock, Fisher Industries, Laney's, and Flex Furniture and Appliances. People think A and B is in the copier business, but we're not. We are in the people business. Whether it's coffee and water, managed print services, document management, or our newest editions of promo gear and managed IT services, we've got you covered. At A and B, we're number two because our customers are number one. We can be reached at one eight hundred four seven seven two four two five or online at abbusiness.com. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday on Real Presence Live, it's Straight Talk from 9.30 to 10 a.m. Central. You're addressing critical Catholic issues in a fun way. Straight Talk is your opportunity to share questions and comments on topics relating to the faith or on things happening in the world around us with our local hosts and priests. My question is... I have some questions about the bishop. Very good questions. Thanks for that guidance. Straight Talk, 9.30 to 10 Central, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings on Real Presence Live. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now, back to more Real Presence Live. And we are grateful that you are back with more Real Presence Live and that we're back with more Real Presence Live. <laughs> there you we go. all get to be back with more Real Presence Live. <laughs> uh, Brad Gray and my co-host Janine Bitson, thank you for joining us this morning. We just had an excellent interview with uh, Chris McKenna of yeah. Protect Young Eyes. And uh, honestly, Janine, you and I were talking in the break about how uh, you know, I really see this as one of the most complex issues that we as parents have to face these days is uh, th- this issue of technology because it is it's such a great blessing and benefit to <laughs> society as, as a whole you know medical advances getting things like moving chris mckenna from one place to another in a matter of hours through an airplane and you know so many different ways that technology uh, improves our lives it connects us and so on but there are so many ways that it can also be a pitfall and can be destructive to us and to our kids mm-hmm. and so it, it, it's really a tough thing to navigate as a parent it is but as in anything even before technology you know the foods we eat, mm-hmm. the drinks we drink the you know in our whole society there are things that can endanger us mm-hmm. if we don't use them properly. Right. And and it's all temporary, but how we use it needs to be used for the glory of God. And number one, we need to remember we're temples of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to be able to fill ourselves with the Holy Spirit and, and all that we do, give glory to God. And if we fill them with the wrong things in the wrong way, we're not going to be able to fill God in right. our life. It really does talk to the the absolute necessity of us as parents is developing that relationship, a, a trusting relationship with our kids. Because the one thing that's unique about technology is with compared to so many other influences in the world is those you can shut out. You know, so many other things. There's a bad neighbor kid that you don't, you know, he's a bad influence on your kids, but you don't let your kids play with the bad neighbor kid or whatever. You know, there's there's always a, been possible to kind of segregate as necessary. Uh, from corruptive influences. But technology has this weaving together of the very helpful, even the necessary at times. You know, certainly schools are giving kids iPads to work on to do their schoolwork. So it's like we can't just not 
you know, just hide from it, climb under a rock. But the fact is, it's um, so many of the corruptive influences are just like smoke going under the door. You know, it's it's like you can't block it off. So an important part of of what he's talking about is how do we as parents equip um, our our children to be able to respond in a healthy way and and to have that trusting relationship with mm-hmm. us where if if they encounter something that, that uh, isn't going to be helpful to them that they can have that relationship with us as parents right right absolutely and and i just go back to it's like anything you know we we teach our kids about why abortion is wrong mm-hmm. why it's important to be pro life you know and to um just cherish every human life mm-hmm. and to be merciful and stuff. So it's like we need to teach them about that evil mm-hmm. aspect so that they can know about it and and be guarded against it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That they can make good choices in their life. And so to just hide them from it isn't a positive thing at no, all. No, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, another thing that's needed there is is – First of all, the guidance of good people like Chris McKenna and Protect Young Eyes and so on. But we also need um, to really be asking the Lord for the wisdom and the grace and the love with which to raise the children that he's entrusted to our care, you know, according to the desires of his heart. Because these complexities are not complex to the Lord God. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he knows exactly how to navigate all of these things. He sees plainly what's good and what's evil. And he is, is um, desirous. He, he's yearning to guide us in that. And so it's, it also speaks to an important part of uh, a call to prayer uh, and discernment for us as parents, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Because we've all lived those trials and temptations mm-hmm. in our life, and we continue to mm-hmm. as human beings. You know, we all have those. And yet, the most important thing we have as a duty as parents mm-hmm. is to get our, our kids to heaven. Right. And so, I mean, we need to really take sincerely uh, that that role that we have. So hopefully the parents that are close enough to St. Scholastica will mm-hmm. be able to attend this conference. And man, it'd be great to have Chris come yeah. by hopefully locally Chris can here attend this too. Conference. Yeah. Well, and, exactly. and even to, to be with us. But I would just encourage parents throughout our listening area who aren't going to be able to get to St. Scholastica to definitely look up Chris McKenna and, and, uh, and see what, eyes, yeah. yeah, protect young eyes so that you have that resource for for yourself for your children um because it's it's just like i say it's uh, abortion apologetics too or mm-hmm. technology apologetics we need to always be pointing ourselves towards god mm-hmm. and uh with these trials and tribulations we can grow closer to him right if we have the tools right absolutely to help us and you know as we talked also about that aspect of the kind of the spiritual component of it and discernment and so on one thing that i found as a parent that's really uh, fruitful as well is to be praying over your children, to be praying uh, for the Lord's protection, the Lord's uh, blessing, the Lord's guidance mm-hmm. upon your children. There was um, uh, there's there's a Rise Thirty Day Men's Challenge that was created by Chris Stefanik and Bill Donahue, and one of the challenges that they had in there was to to pray what's called the Aaronic blessing, the blessing that the Lord God gave to Aaron, the brother of Moses, um, as a blessing over the people and. As I was going through this 30-day men's challenge, um, that became a practice that I developed then. So now every night at bedtime, I'll pray over my kids, the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord let his face shine upon you. Uh, and I always forget it when I start telling people about when I'm doing it. <laughs> I know what you're talking uh, about. You know, uh, it's, it's one other line. But anyway, you can look it up. It's in uh, Deuteronomy, I believe, uh, or perhaps Leviticus. 
or numbers. You know, one of those, one of those good books. Um, just look up ironic blessing on or Google. Or just ask your priest because yep. they are so good at um, giving you that final but blessing. But I mean, uh, in addition to doing the blessing, there's also the aspect of just praying prayers of protection over your children, yeah. which is something that, you know, I guess uh, it's been something that I've been doing now for a year and a half or so because we have a daughter, um, a five-year-old now with type 1 diabetes. And I found that, you know, whenever I was going off to a conference, um, whether it be, you know, with, with my work with the Office of Marriage and Family Life, I go off to a gender ideology conference or something like that, and without fail, uh, my daughter, uh, her blood sugars would go berserk. Her insulin pump would fail. All these things would, would go on. And the fact is, the devil doesn't play fair. And he goes after the weak points. And so a good friend of mine had suggested that um, I take up the practice of doing this prayer to take authority over the kids uh, whenever we, well, I do it daily, but uh, to protect them against kind of the assault of the evil one. And it's, it's been a really big difference maker. Mm-hmm. And so the, the prayer that I use is one from the Institute for Priestly Formation. But I mean, there, there are different prayers that a parent can play, pray over their kids to take authority and to... Uh, offer spiritual protection for them. And I think that's another great way of protecting young eyes and ears and souls. Absolutely. And and my simple prayer is that when I'm praying for my kids, I just pray that, you know, that God is always living in their heart, minds, and souls every second of every minute of every day. And, And then even for my grandkids, because there is so much out there. And yet we also need to pray that our kids are open to being that light to those who need mercy mm-hmm. because we don't want to shut off from the world that we're not reaching out and shining that light to those who who need that. Yes. And and so that's important too. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're out in the fire and yet you want their protection but you also want them to be present to those in need too. Absolutely agreed. So, yep. <clears throat> anyway, that's those are kind of some interesting uh, topics that we've got with uh, with regard to the technology protect young eyes, but I think it might be time for us to get these phone lines fired up because we are moving into our straight talk segment with Monsignor Gregory Sussman. Uh, I tell you what, this is an awesome opportunity for any of you who have not had the privilege of meeting Monsignor Sussman. It the guy <laughs> is a genius. He loves it. I mean, he's just soaking it all up. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, Monsignor. But we are joined now by Monsignor Gregory Sussman, and I, he is just writhing in misery as I'm talking about. <laughs> He's a humble genius, though. <laughs> but thank you for being with us, Bob Senior. I do want to give Good morning. <laughs> I want to give out the number. Uh, it's 877-795-0122 to get on uh, the Straight Talk segment, ask your questions, uh, submit your comments to Monsignor Schlossman. And there's any number of things that we could talk about. We'll probably throw out some ideas. But before we do that, Monsignor, the ironic blessing. Uh, yes. First of all, what is it and where is it found? It's, it is a blessing that, uh, that the Lord gave to the people of Israel through, through Aaron, through the, um, the Levitical tribe, and it's found in Numbers, Numbers 6. Uh, so close. Chapter Pure. 6. Just kept hovering and around it, it. It is a beautiful prayer uh, to pray over uh, children, over, over family, over loved ones, um, over those friends, I mean, or those that one is serving in, in any capacity. It's mm-hmm. a... And it's an obviously it's it invokes the the power of God. Uh, it's all about asking the Lord to bless and to be Himself in a sense for us. And mm. it's a reminder to us: um, God doesn't need the reminder; we do. Yes, uh, that that's what He wants to do. He wants to bless us. And I think it's so often uh, an important thing for us to remember that God has one desire: to bless. Mm. 
And so when we ask him to bless us, he, we are in harmony with what his deepest desire, the deepest desire of his father's heart is for us. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So we, are, we have Monsignor Gregory Schlesselman on, uh, in studio with us, ready for your questions here on the Straight Talk segment. You can call in at one 795 122 or you can submit your question on Facebook for Monsignor Schlesselman. Uh, Monsignor, you were, well, you're currently the director of uh, deaconate formation for the Diocese of Fargo. You are um, also, I, I guess I don't know what your proper title is at the Newman Center, but you work with spiritual direction. You're teaching the Catholic Studies program at the St. Paul's Newman Center here at NDSU in Fargo, uh, which is the home of the champion Bison, I might add. Yes, go Bison. <laughs> <laughs> we're, um, we're huge Bison fans on this. You, you've been uh, the rector of Cardinal Lynch Seminary in its final years here in Fargo. You work with the Institute for Priestly Formation. You give retreats to the Sisters of Life. Um, really, formation has been a big part of your priesthood, right, Monsignor? Yes, it has. Yeah, It's been the bulk of, of the various uh, apostolic initiatives and, and missions that I've been I'm asked to undertake. And so... Uh, and it's actually dearest to my heart. Formation, I think, is so important because uh, it doesn't... I think it goes without saying that once we're baptized, we've received an enormous gift mm-hmm. uh, through the Lord's uh, blessing. <laughs> and, uh, but at the same time, he, he intends for us to develop that gift, to grow in that gift, to, uh, to deepen our capacity to, to live in faith, to live in grace, to live in his love, um, all the while allowing the fullness of our humanity to, you know, to, to, to come to full fruition. And, uh, and so formation is so necessary. So it's, it's the kind of thing that, the kind of effort that the church can never really uh, spend too much time on because mm-hmm. informing people and giving them the best opportunity to grow, uh, we're doing also an enormous service to them as well as an enormous service to the, mm-hmm. the wider society. So, I mean, this is a really important topic, I think, for many of our listeners, because many of us feel like we're not really good at prayer, right? Like, we hit roadblocks, we hit hurdles, we hit dryness, and it's just like, I don't know how to proceed here. I don't, it doesn't feel like I'm progressing. It doesn't feel like I'm, uh, like I'm, you know, how do I know whether it's just my voice as I'm discerning things, or if it's God speaking to me? I would guess that this is um, not an unusual question for many of our listeners. So, I invite you to call in and speak with Monsignor Schlossman about this, because he really is... Um, very knowledgeable, very well trained in helping people to come to meet the Lord in prayer. Yeah, and that number is one eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Or you can uh, submit your questions on Facebook. And I think you know that is such a great thing that you mentioned. You know that discernment. You know, how do you discern whether it's God or, you know, it's yourself? And and we can even look at Jeremiah this last weekend, you know, and how I'm too young or I didn't, you know, can you talk about that? Potter? Yes, it is. You're right. It's, it's a very common question because once people really make the effort to really pray and to really listen to God, they, they run up against um, what, I, what I think is, is best called their poverty. In other words... Mm. We assume, because when we talk with another human being, that we can hear them, we can see them, uh, etc. And, <clears throat> and with God, because we can't see Him, because we don't hear Him in the normal human sense of the term, uh, we, we tend to jump to the conclusion that we can't hear Him. Mm-hmm. And that simply is not true. God is, um, He is the Word. He is the... He, 
he as I like to say, he invented talking. So it's not <laughs> as though he doesn't know how to talk to us. And he knows he knows the challenge that we have in listening to him. And part of the effort to take time out to really listen, to desire to hear him, is part of that there's a pedagogy that the Lord invites us into. He he trains us mm-hmm. to allow our hearts to really more deeply listen over time. Sure. And so it's important for us to to not at the at the get go or at the first hurdle to get discouraged and thinking, well, I can't do this. I don't know how to. Well, of course you don't, because that's that's what it that's what prayer is all about is yes. learning right. and receiving the gift of being able to to recognize His voice. What Secondly, though, I always tell people is that recognize is that when you desire to hear him and you tell him that, Mm -hmm. you're direct about telling the Lord you want to hear back from him once you've said what you have to say, is realize that he wants you to hear him infinitely more. Mm. And all you really need to do is to trust that and ask him to show you. So if you don't seem to be hearing after a time, then say, you know, I like to say, Jesus, I can't hear you. Yes. Well, what are you really saying? Or how are you saying it? Because there are you know, many ways that God will communicate with right. us. So what is the way? Are you? Is it sometimes it's a memory, sometimes it's a verse of scripture that he suddenly, we find ourselves thinking about, a thought about a certain aspect of our lives. Um, but it also can be that inner voice. Yes. That it can be a, a sense of, of his presence. Um, so there's many ways that he can communicate, but they're all marked by peace. Mm. And I think that's a very important thing is that in order to really recognize the Lord, is, is it peaceful? Is it, is it truly something that allows me to settle down, calm down, and realize that there's a loving message here? Um, that peace is, is a really important thing. And it's... Yeah. A classic of the church's life to recognize that Christ is peace and gives peace. That, that's such a good, good statement about the peace because I find it during adoration. That's when so many times it's so much clearer. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what you know, he's speaking, Monsignor. Um, so we're talking about formation here, and there there are various aspects of formation. We have a speaker from uh, a, a listener from uh, on Facebook that submitted the question. One challenge with working with young people today is helping to foster human formation in conjunction with spiritual, intellectual, and apostolic formation, how would you approach human formation with millennials and generation wires, the, the younger generation that you work with? You know, there are things that are unique about these most recent generations. Um, and how do, you, how do you approach that formation aspect, particularly the human formation, with the younger generations? Uh, it's, no, it's a great question. Um, I like to call the generation wires, the, gener- the i-geners. Yes. It's, it's another I- nickname for them, yep. and it, it, it fits uh, because they're, they're the kids that grew up with, with the pad, with the notepad, mm-hmm. with the iPad, mm-hmm. with, with some kind of an i-something, yes. you know, <laughs> iPhone, whatever. Um, but I th- but pertaining to the question, the human formation, I think the, the, the most direct way is to get them to recognize uh, a couple of key things. First of all, is that their own lived human experience is very important. Mm -hmm. And that just as God reverences their experience, He invites them to do the same, but He invites them to bring to Him in a very direct and very personal way what in fact they are experiencing. Mm. So what is actually going on? Not what is supposed to go on, not what you think people think it's supposed to go on, uh, but what in fact is really going on in your heart and in your life. And then to enter into this dialogue with him about what he thinks about that life, Mm -hmm. about what's going on, 
and about the real things that they struggle with, as well as the real things that they're rejoicing about, that sure. are, they're grateful for. Um, and then also, what does the Lord want to do about it? Part of the challenge that these um, young people today, and I don't think it's necessarily specific to this generation, uh, is uh, they feel like they have to fix it. Mm. And I, I spent a lot of time reassuring them and encouraging them that, no, it's not up to them to fix any of this. Mm-hmm. It's up to them to let Jesus work through them in their own lives for their own sakes, mm-hmm. but also for the sake of others. And that it really depends, it really essentially is about relying in, in ever more deeper ways upon the goodness of the Lord. Mm-hmm. But part of that is also entering into silence. They, they need to they need to fast from the device. Yeah. Uh, I really think it's, it's important to, to, to unplug, if you will, mm-hmm. and that's <laughs> taken on an even deeper meaning, to unplug from all these things and to slow down, quiet down, and, and be, quiet, be still and be silent. Mm-hmm. And because, I mean, as we all heard, we've heard so many times, for example, people who are on these various um, platforms, you know, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, you know, Twitter, et cetera, is that, that if they spend more time and excessive amounts of time, what they find is they just the loneliness just deepens, mm-hmm. and and it becomes more and more difficult for them to to reach out in an authentic way. And so they they spend more time seeking to address the loneliness, and it doesn't. It just it just mm-hmm. makes yeah. it worse. Right, mm-hmm. right. So part of it is really encouraging that that realizing, hey, this is not helping me. Um, I need authentic friendship. I need real person-to-person kind of contact. And that first and foremost starts with the Lord. So I need to put the thing down, spend some time in silence, Mm -hmm. and really experience His love. Another kind of contact that we like is when people contact you, Monsignor. So you can do that by calling in at 877-795-0122. Again, that's 877-795-0122. Call in and uh, speak with Monsignor Schlossman, because I know... Many of us, perhaps all of us, have experienced times where we're just like, I don't know what to do with this. Um, but Monsignor, let's let's take a, a different sh- shift a little bit here. You work at the uh, at North Dakota State University um, Newman Center uh, with with college students. If I'm a parent and my child is considering a college or a university to attend, should I be concerned about which one they choose? And what should we look for? You know, how can we communicate without trampling on their freedom? Uh, the importance of faith when they get to college. What, what do you suggest? Well, yes, they should be concerned because uh, it, I think the current statistic is now 83% of college students uh, in, in some point in, during their college career uh, mm. lose the practice of faith, mm. which is a staggering statistic. Happened to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Staggering number. So uh, parents should be very much concerned because it is their responsibility mm-hmm. to one of their many and very important responsibilities is to hand on the faith to their children. And that doesn't end just because they've now become, you know, a young adult and they're going off to college. So I do believe that parents have the responsibility to discern with their their prospective college student, Mm -hmm. you know, the senior in in high school, um, at whatever point they're thinking about it, to really talk about what happens in college, what is the real situation in the typical college campus, and then what would be the, uh, the hope-for and ideal best-case scenario of their college career, and then look for universities where that's possible. Mm. So that if it's a Catholic university, they would discern 
you know, is it is it truly Catholic in its identity and in the spirit? Do they foster, you know, for example, spiritual formation? Do they encourage that kind of thing? And there are Catholic universities that do. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I know for the majority of students, they're going to go to a secular or a state university because of, more often times than not because of finances. Mm-hmm. Private Catholic universities are very expensive, uh, typically. Um, so that they would look at, well, what are the opportunities to grow in faith in that time? So, is there a Newman Center? Is there, uh, is there some place where there's a, the capacity to develop authentic friendships with people? Is, for example, <clears throat> is focus there yeah. at that campus? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's always a great sign, you know, because then it it means that there's a there's an activity to really uh, help college students to grow in friendship as and to really grow in the most important friendship, namely with Christ, yes. and in their own on their own terms, because eventually they have to decide for themselves. Right. What is the pathway they're going to follow, and they need to they need accompaniment. That's a that's a, a parents should really think about who is accompanying my child. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a very important issue. Absolutely, and that's a, a good point you make because we're fostering that and guiding that in their childhood. But as an adult, when you talk about that eighty three percent, usually they're like, "Well, I want to make it my own. Mm-hmm. I want it to be my own," and so that's when. Sometimes when they're trying to make it their own, they might waver a little. So to have that authentic friendship from a focus situation where they can see that fellowship and that common bond they can have with healthy women relationships, healthy guy relationships, mm-hmm. you know, it's really a fantastic fit for your student. It really is. And, and, and you know, for example, focus is on, I don't know what the number of campuses are here, you know, across the United States. Mm-hmm. There are many campuses. And so it's, it's not... It's not hard to find a campus where they right. are active, yeah. and uh, but I do think it's important that they recognize that that a, a student typically, if they're going to a state university, they're going to need to supplement yes. what they the diet, if you will, that they receive. Right. right. So they're going to need to be reading other things. They're going to need to be having those kind of um, you know occasions to really grow in their faith. Uh, they're going to need to really you know be able to have some measure, some way of discerning what the pathway is in life for them. And I think keeping that the keeping you know close to to the student, uh, if parents make the effort to to deepen the communication, to allow the student to make it their own, but at the same time to, to try and grow with them, mm-hmm. to, uh, to not just like send them off to college and you know, pat them on the back and say, hey, have a great time, um, to, really, to really make that effort. Uh, and I know it's hard because of distance and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And of course, you, there's a respect that the parent typically is going to want to accord to the student because they want to be more independent and all the rest. Yeah. And that's, that's fine, provided that it, the, the relationship deepens rather than just simply changes. Right. And, and that is so important, too, that us as parents, we as parents, w- once we send them off, our prayer life has to deepen even deeper and more intentionally for their protection and, and even invoking Mary to, to cover them with her shroud of protection as well because yeah. the things that they are going to come in contact with, you know, they're kind of out of your control. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it was once said that um, parents need to realize it's not us who, who um, how is it that Father Charles put it? It's God who, 
evangelizes. Mm-hmm. It's God who is the one who converts. It's not the parents, but our prayers to God, yep. <laughs> you know, can hopefully help mm-hmm. guide Hey, we're that. having a great time talking with yeah. Monsignor Schlossman. You can too. You can call in and talk on eight, uh, Talk to him at 877-795-0122. We've been speaking about how do, I, how do I discern the Lord's voice? How do I grow in the life of prayer with God? You know, uh, additionally, how do I, if I've got a young person in my life that's getting ready to head off to college or they're in college right now, how do I help to encourage them and, um, and be a support for them in terms of their own faith, their spiritual life, um, getting them plugged into a Catholic network, some of those different ways. Monsignor, you also work with uh, men's ministry. Um, there's the, many people would say that there's a real crisis in, in the response of men in living out their vocation right now. And that, that's not, not insignificant to much of the crisis that we're seeing in the world and in the church right now. What, what would you say to that? But before you do, again, that's 877-795-0122 because your questions are more important than mine. And I want you to get in and be able to talk to Monsignor Sussman mm-hmm. because honestly, I really do value Monsignor personally as, as a friend and as a director. And I, I, there's so much that uh, he has to offer in, And it doesn't have to be a question, Uh, not a question at all. You could just comment on something. Uh, Maybe call Monsignor and ask him about uh, making cheese. Yeah, he does do that too. Or if you have a favorite (laughs) vino, ask him about that because uh, there's there's more to Monsignor than just uh, the spiritual direction. (laughs) That's the most important, but there is more. (laughs) And you you can look us up on Facebook to submit your questions or comments too. But Monsignor, about men, what's your... What's your thoughts there? Well, I think you hit the, the nail on the head. I do think that um, whatever we can do to strengthen, to encourage, to accompany men in being uh, fully and deeply the men that God calls them to be mm-hmm. is going to be one of the most important efforts that the church can make. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe that, that we are certainly in a crisis of manhood uh, in, in manifold ways. And what... What I think is at the core of it is for all kinds of reasons that men typically do not know who they really are. Mm-hmm. They don't really know deeply, and I mean this with a conviction that it's not just a, an intellectual idea, yes. uh, that they're beloved sons of the Father. And that's so crucial. It is so crucial. So you have all kinds of men uh, walking around who are wounded, who don't know that fundamental truth about their identity, and are trying, you know, they're many oftentimes trying their best to be a good man, mm-hmm. but it seemingly at times fighting against a, a, almost a losing battle, uh, because they don't realize that as a son, they don't have to figure everything out, they don't have to figure out themselves, they don't have to understand everything, and nor do they... Do they like as I mentioned earlier? Nor do they have to fix it. Mm-hmm. They don't have to fix things. What they're what they're called to do is to to be sons of the Father in the mm-hmm. Son, as, as Saint John Paul II wrote, uh, to be sons in the Son. And I think that's the effort that we make to help men to realize that that God-given identity, mm-hmm. to see ourselves in His light, and to recognize that He invites us to share in His mission. Essential is yep. Yep. is going to mm-hmm. be enormously helpful. Well, we have uh, we have a question on Facebook from Ron. Can you explain the process in the Fargo Diocese for becoming a deacon, the time and the time it takes for and qualifications? 
Okay. Yes. Well, I can actually. I'm head of permit yeah, corporation, so um, you have to be perfect. And oh. uh, perfect. <laughs> no, just you just so told us. we're still looking for a candidate at this okay. time. <laughs> Eliminated the whole program. Uh, so the process is uh, five years of formation. So there's a year prior to formation. We're in terms of the application process mm. and uh, discussion and you know, discernment, etc. Uh, that a gentleman could be have might have, of course, be discerning for quite some time. But in terms of conversation with us. Um, and then the formal uh, formation process, as I said, takes five years, two years of what is called aspirancy, where uh, the emphasis is really heavily upon the interior life, the spiritual life, the basics of, of our faith, uh, really discerning well to test that discernment to see if, in fact, God is calling this this person to the diaconate. And then it's followed by three years of what is called candidacy, where a student, uh, a deacon candidate, is, has made a, a certain level of commitment to to the vocation, and uh, the church recognizes that commitment and approves of it. And mm-hmm. the formation is more intense in those last three years. And then at the end of the conclusion of that, after you know final exams, comprehensives, and all the rest, um, and of course at every step of the way. There are evaluations annually to determine, to assess the candidate's progress and to see whether or not, in fact, this seems to be um, a good thing, uh, both for him and for the church. Is that pretty similar in most dioceses that you're aware of, Monsignor? I imagine. You're- yes, it is. It, the number of years varies okay. slightly, but uh, frankly, it's uh, there's pretty much a, you know, there's established norms about the the length of time in terms of number of hours of instruction, and so you typically find four or five years. It depends on the formula. We have to do it on weekends because of our you know the vast size of the diocese. Other places can do it on a weeknight for an hour, an hour or two or so, and we don't have that luxury. One so. last brief question on that is, do, do, would someone just contact the vocations director? If they yes, want to start they that contact process? Father Metzger, who's the vocation director for the diocese, and, and that's that's the proper uh, and, and for those of you listening in other dioceses, uh, just go to your diocesan website, and they will list who your vocations director is. So thank you, Ron, for that question. We also have Bill on the phone for you, Monsignor. Bill, are you there? I am. Great. Uh, what's your question for Monsignor Sussman? Well, I would like this is I'd like you all to discuss this subject in, uh, in in Catholic Catholic middle schools. You know, uh, you've been talking about the I generation, and and I I kind of like I think in terms of middle schoolers, what's being done to kind of help them understand how to deal with what's going to happen to them when they use technology and the dangers involved. You know, I, is that is that something that you you can even uh, deal with in a Catholic middle school, or is it too controversial and too dangerous that that only should be done by parents? What do you think about that? Because there are, there are kids now that are in middle school that are getting hooked hooked on pornography that's online, and uh, once you get hooked on it, you're kind of stuck. You know, and I I think that you know I I really th- I'd like to know what. What proactive things can a Catholic middle school do to deal with that kind of a subject? And I, and I know people who work in in uh, Catholic middle schools. So, you know, how can you deal with that? That's my question. That, that's a good question, Bill. Uh, I I can't um, specifically speak about what we're doing in our Catholic middle school uh, here at Sullivan Middle School here in Fargo. 
uh, I'm not I, I'm not connected to the school, so I don't know what their their process is. But I do think your question is an important one, and you're you're right in in recognizing the fact that that students are exposed to pornography at very early ages, increasingly earlier and earlier than mm-hmm. than what it might have happened ten even you know fifteen years ago. So I do think that it's appropriate for the school uh, to address it. Uh, as in anything that has to do with human sexuality, the church's teaching is, is, I think, very clear about that the parents are the primary educators of their children, and so that in approaching it, it should be in conjunction with and in harmony with the parents. So they have to be very much involved in how you would address that issue as well as a number of other issues that, um, that I do believe uh, would be important for the students to, you know, to be formed in. Um, so I do think it's an appropriate thing, especially given the widespread nature of it, um, the common, the commonplace, and the ease with which uh, students, you know, anybody can can access these things on a, on any kind of a device. So my guess is they they have they have uh, policies about the use of a device um, in school and and in connection with it. Um, I know that catechetically they are. Doing their doing their best to communicate to students about the goodness of human sexuality, you know, based upon the theology of the body from Saint John Paul II. I know our Catholic schools uh, put that at the forefront, um, and how that gets transmitted to a middle school student, as distinct from how it gets transmitted to a high school student. Those specifics you'd have to really talk to the school, and I think that would be a great thing if you, especially if you have middle school students, you know, of your own. Uh, it's. I think par- I would strongly encourage parents to find out what if they don't know what is the school doing and how is that happening, uh, so that they are fully involved uh, in that process. Well, for, for example, you know, like at, at some of the big meetings, like those seek meetings, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. They'll have a speaker there, like Matt Fred or someone like that. Yes. Who? who t- and but they're talking basically to college age students there. Correct. They're not talking to middle schoolers. Yes. You know, like. Is there some way that maybe the schools could reach out to the parents and offer them some kind of a, of a training or a meeting uh, that doesn't necessarily involve their children, but where they could kind of, uh, you know, have some understanding about, you know, how this could be dealt with? Because there are just situations that develop, you know, even if you, your kid doesn't have the iPhone, all he's got is a little flip phone or something, he can look on with someone else or she can. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And, yep. and, it, and we just had a situation happen in the state of North Dakota that involved, uh, uh, I believe it was, uh, uh, no, it wasn't, it wasn't a Catholic middle school. It, it was, uh, it was, it was, well, I don't want to go into the names, but it just shows you can, how, how this progression can develop, and the next thing you know, you wind up in prison. You know, yes. It's really a dangerous situation. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, Bill, thank you so much for your question. You know, as parents, you know, we really need to talk to our kids more about sexual immorality and the dangers of that, and that they just really recognize that they're they're a unique gift from God, and that God has a special plan for them, and that they just need to be strong against all those temptations, because even if they see it, they just need to know it's wrong, and that's part of the problem when the kids don't even understand it's wrong. And so as parents, we have to be very proactive. That's right. 
I'm sorry, Monsignor. We've come to the end here, but I'm just wondering, it's always good when we have a priest on to, to close with the blessing, so I'm wondering if you would give us a blessing. Yes, well, why don't we, uh, since we started talking about the Aaronic, Aaronic uh, blessing, why don't we pray with that? So in the name of the Father, and the Son, of the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face sh- to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And may the blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come upon you all and remain forever. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Monsignor, so much for being with us this You're morning. You're welcome. Thank you. We also want to thank our listeners who participated in the conversation this morning. We're going to step away for a couple minutes. But coming up at the beginning of the next hour, is there any scientific basis to what makes men men? Are we uniquely programmed and different from women? We'll find out more when we return on the other side of this break. 